my sacred souls and welcome to another episode of the sacred sutra podcast where i break down spiritual concepts so you can understand and integrate them into your everyday life now most of you know that i'm a hindu and most of the spiritual concepts that we find today in the spiritual community most of them are based on hinduism but I've been a Hindu my entire life. Um, my great-grandparents, my great-great-great-great-grandparents, they've all been Hindus, everybody in my um, family. So Hinduism, I'm steeped in Hinduism. And I find that most Hindus don't understand the rituals that they're doing and why they're doing these rituals. So today, I wanted to talk about the purpose of a puja and a puja is where we do an entire ritual that is focused on worship the word puja itself means worship i grew up doing pujas my entire life and i remember that i started to understand the divinity when i started my spiritual work and um And then we were having pujas. I started to understand deeply the divinity that was happening and then the reasons why we do what we do when it comes to puja. Since then, I created a post on Instagram about Hinduism and a puja and what it is. And that post did so well that I wanted to do an entire podcast episode to really help you grasp what a puja is and why we do what we do when we're doing a puja. So first, what is a puja? A puja is an act of worship. It's a ritual that's performed on sacred days and usually in a household, it's once a year that we have pujas. It's basically our devotion as a Hindu through rituals. Now, all these rituals compounded onto itself has so much meaning that's going to help you ground your spirituality. And that's really what a puja is. It's grounding your spirituality. Now, before you even start the puja, there are things that happen or ways that we prepare our body to do the spiritual act. So we will abstain from meat and we will abstain from alcohol. And the reason behind those things is that meat is a heavy energy, right? It weighs the energy of the body down. So when we abstain from meat, we are raising our vibration. Also, alcohol lowers your vibration. So when we abstain from alcohol, we are now raising our vibration, In the time period leading up to the puja, we're also cleaning our home and lightening the energy of our home where the puja is going to take place. So we are raising the vibration and lightening the energy of our personal selves and we're also raising the vibration and the energy of our surrounding and our space. The whole ritual of having a puja is having a deep conversation with the universe and asking the universe for an exchange of energy between what you're asking for and also worship with the universe. Especially when it comes to deities because deities teach us as humans that everything in this universe is an exchange, right? So when they ask for devotion or for worship, it's because we need to understand that nothing is just given 
or taken from us. We have to have a conversation and a back and forth with the universe and there is an exchange of energy. So let's move on to the Bedi, right? The Bedi is what we do the puja on and it represents the earth. We are earth beings and the most important thing to do is to connect with the earth itself. So the day of the puja, we decorate the Bedi, but we also decorate ourselves. We as Indians love to adorn ourselves and that's a divine feminine thing. We are merging as Hindus the divine masculine of sacrifice and structure by fasting and doing those very masculine things but also bringing in the feminine of adorning ourselves in beautiful jewelry and clothing in order to merge those two things together. We're also barefooted when we do the puja because being barefoot is very grounding in itself. So we don't want to lose that connection between the earth and ourselves. Also, side note, Indians love gold and silver and we do that because gold and silver and all these precious metals and jewels, they conduct energy very well. So when we drip ourselves in gold and silver, and I'm talking about when you're doing a puja, use your real jewelry. Um, we live in the Caribbean, so we know we don't walk around with our real gold and silver all the time. So when you're doing a puja, make sure and put on your real gold and your real silver and your jewels and your gems and all those things because they're, they make the body a very good conductor because we're about to do energy work. So we need to be good conductors for that energy. When you're about to do the puja, you're coming on the mindset of being grateful for what you have, but the pundit will ask you to make a wish because it's not only a grounding exercise and an energy at work exercise, it's a manifestation exercise. It's a practice of manifestation. So the pundit will ask you to set an intention for the puja so you can ground your energy and you could set the energy and the, the intention for what you want to manifest in the future. On the day of this puja, you know you are also told to fast from salt. And why salt? Salt is a dehydrator. It dehydrates the body. And you want to be as conductive as possible when you're doing these rituals. So what you want to be doing is you want to be drinking lots of water and eating fruits and things that are high vibrational so you become a better conductor of energy. Okay, so you now sit down to do the puja and the pundit is cleansing you and the space with water because water is a great cleanser and it's a wonderful purifier. You start putting down nine leaves and those nine leaves represent the planets in Hindu astrology. Now, this is not tropical Western astrology. This is Hindu astrology. So the planets that you're putting down for is the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Rahu, Ketu. You are asking the Grahas. The Grahas are the planets for to remove any obstacles, that planetary obstacles that may come up in life because the planets can affect you in so many ways and we're asking the planets to affect us in the best way possible. Now, the planets, if they have to teach you a lesson or they have to come in and do what they need to do, 
when you're asking for them to to be a little easier on you a planet like mars that rules injuries right instead of mars saying well i was going you were going to have to get into this massive accident what's going to happen is that you're going to trip and you're going to fall you're going to learn the same lesson but instead of like you getting to into a massive accident writing off your car having a severe head injury you might have just tripped and fallen in your house and you might be like, oh shit, my ankle is sprained and I'm, I'm out of it for the next two weeks. But the planet was like, I could have had you in a worse situation. So that's what we're really asking the planets, that the benefic planets give us the best that they could ever give us. And the malefic planets ease up when it comes to the malefic aspects of planetary effects that might happen to us. You're using flowers and grasses and all these natural elements that represent certain things. You're using coins and money and, and cloth and all these things. We're asking the gods that... The, it's not that the gods need money or shelter or any of those things. Those are human needs. But we're asking God that we understand that everything is is an exchange and I'm offering the things that I am wanting in life. I am obviously wanting financial stability, a house and a home and a roof over my head and I'm wanting clothes and things, the basic necessities that we need to have and live a proper life on this earth. And again, it's a manifestation ritual. So it's not that the gods need food or money or clothing. It's that in order to receive, you have to give. And you're making it crystal clear to the universe what you want, which is the comforts in life. Mantras are said, and these mantras are from ancient times. And true sound and vibration, they shift energy. They are a collection of frequencies through sound and syllables that are strung together to give you the most powerful vibration. You see, these sages, what they understood is that you could shift matter with sound. And these sacred songs are repeated calling on certain devas and devis to bring power into you and your space. You will also notice that all the elements are present. Air is obviously present. And then you have incense that helps with the energy uh, representing the air energy. Also, it represents scent. So all the senses are invoked and all the elements are invoked. So you have the Agni, the fire, the water, and the Kalsa. You have the Bedi, which is earth. You have all these senses that are stimulated by scent and color and touch and hearing so all the senses are stimulated all the elements are stimulated when the panda blows the shank or rings a bell you are changing the frequency and the vibration of your body through sound through scent through the incense and the perfumes through sight by all the beautiful colors and then through touch by touching and showing your respect through touching when the chanda and the, the sandalwood paste is applied to the pressure points on the body, those things are calming your nervous system, helping you to be emotionally stable, cooling the system down by using all these different powders. So now we start offering 
uh, to the Hawankun and to Agni, uh, which is the fire god. And when you're offering, you are burning or transforming your intention and creating a reality through that intention. So now the thing, the intention that has been burned is now part of the ether and part of everything. Burning is one of the best ways to transform energy into reality, to let go of things that you need to let go of and to transform things into part of everything. The Pandit will then ask you to fan the fire in all the directions is because you want your intentions and your offerings to go to all corners of space and time so the energy doesn't stagnate, it moves. You then put up your jandis, your flags representing victory, representing you, you have just done a manifestation ritual so you want to represent that manifestation ritual in physical form. You are showing pride in what you have just done. You come back inside, you do the closing prayer, which is usually Toime Wamata, which is a great prayer for invoking and closing out energy, giving gratitude for what you have just done. And then now we move on to the Mitai of things. Now, you ever wonder why everything is so sweet? The Mohanbog, the Panch Amrit, nothing is ever sour or salty or bitter. And it's because sweetness is used to attract sweetness into life. Sugars and honeys are used to invoke the sweetness of life, to bring more sweetness into your life. Again, we're talking about doing a manifestation ritual. So all of this is helping you manifest more sweetness into your life. And then we share this sweetness with others. We've just done a massive manifestation ritual for luck, for prosperity, for safety and protection. And then we're not selfish. We want to share that with as many people as we could. When RT is passed and you take a flower and you give gratitude and appreciation for the puja that was just performed and then you cleanse yourself and energy by passing the fire over your head, we're all doing this to help the group itself manifest. So even though you are participating or you might not be participating in the actual puja, the act of passing the arti around, the act of passing the chandan around, the act of passing the perfume around, all that is initiating you into this manifestation ritual, into this grounding sacred spiritual ritual because we're all doing this as a collective and pujas are not an individualistic thing, it's a community thing. So I just want to quickly give my thoughts on having a period and doing a puja. Now, I spoke to my pundit and we both didn't see an issue with somebody who is on their period and participating in a puja in any way, shape or form. I He was like, nowhere in the books does it say that you shouldn't be participating when you are on your period. And I agree with him. But I also understand that like periods are downward energy and you're trying to uplift and you're also not in the frame of mind when you're a female and on your period to really be submerged into something. So I understand if it's just a personal preference. Um, but if you if you do anything for the puja um, while you're on your period, it is not a sin. It is not an issue. 
it should just be a thing that is of personal preference but nothing is an issue with you having your period and doing a puja. This is me just talking about the macro level of things. We could even go down to the micro level of the little things that we do, like putting tulsi in the food or in the water. These things are great for our health. You know, all of a sudden, holy basil is this great health benefit for diabetes and all these things. And we're about to eat a lot of sweet food. So we put the tulsi in the water on the food in order to counteract the sweetness of the things that we're about to uh, ingest where we're trying to bring balance the health and what we're trying to do in this ritual so if you've ever wondered why we do all these little things hindus have a great way of making things that are good for us sacred that's how we preserve knowledge so we think of the cow as being something sacred and is and it's not that we don't kill cows because of anything religious in a sense that we think it's bad for you we don't kill cows because cows are a great provider for us it provides milk it provides working on the land back in the day it provided shelter because we used to use cow dung to leap our houses to make sure our structures were strong we used every aspect of the cow so why would you want to kill something or make something a meat source that provides so many great things for us? So it's not that it is a sin to kill a cow. It's just that the cow represents so many great things when it came to our life as Hindus. After a puja, everything is given back to the earth because everything that we use just came from the earth. So we're now giving it back to the earth. I would... I know in Trinidad we like to put it in water sources in the river, but I don't think that is the best ecological situation. I think we actually should start burying it because it puts a strain on the water systems when we put things that are foreign or too much of things that are foreign into a water system. But I think as we grow as Hindus, as we become more conscious, working with the planet where we're able to shift and do things differently. So whereas it mightn't have been a problem back in the day, we can now see the issues that arise when it comes to disposing of our puja items. Now, I'm also of the mind of use whatever you have or use what is convenient. Um, not everybody going to have pond leaves, not everybody going to have dube grass, Everybody have a mango tree in the back of their house. Back in the day, we did have a lot of those things. But whatever you have, use it. If you think it's convenient to go to a puja store and they have the little plastic things, as much as I personally don't like using those things, I understand if you use it because it's convenient. I think we had a good thing going when it comes to using the natural elements of earth because when we use things that are natural, we're able to connect easily to it. When we use things that have no natural connection, it's harder to conduct energy through those things. But hey, there is no judgment. Not everybody has access to everything and that is quite all right. Once your heart and your intentions is good, then using whatever you have will never be an issue. In my Instagram post, I go into so many more details that 
I didn't even touch on here, but I actually want to repost that at some point in time. So it will be reposted in my highlights in my on my Instagram stories. You will see a highlight called Hinduism and you will find it there. If you ever feel called to work with me, there is always a link in the description. I hope this episode really helped you understand what you're doing or what you are watching when it comes to puja. I hope it gives you a deeper connection to Hinduism and the practice of Hinduism, the way of life of Hinduism and why it's so important to your own spirituality to do these sacred rituals, to ground your energy, to help you manifest more in life so until next time guys